have just gets the head. It does. I have people like hitting me up on Instagram, like, "Yo, what's that song?" And I'm like, "Honestly, man, you just have to listen to the pod to listen to it." I have people telling me that they put on the pod on the way to the golf course just to hear that song. Like it's that mm-hmm. it's it's prominent. I think. I mean, yeah, we might have to have somebody rap over it or something. I don't know. Um, but anyway, Group Chat Golf Podcast Episode 18, um, brought to you by ourselves today, um, the Group Chat Golf Store. We got some designs up there. We also have uh, a new Chubba Watson collection. Um, so just you very know, limited. It's, it's very limited. I mean, we got there's some stuff up there. You got some. No, stuff. I mean, it's, I mean, they're limited edition. Oh, there's, limited. Yes. Yeah. It's a nine item drop, but the quantities are limited. So act fast. Yeah. Act fast. And anybody. Once, once these designs are gone, they, we're not seeing them again. There's going to be an, a second release. So once this first edition is done, kiss it goodbye. Yeah, and and I I I realized I, it might have been days because I kind of remember like on my little app where it shows me how much stuff is left that one of them was red for a few days and it was all the black XL hoodies. So I guess I was sold out for a little while, but they're back on. So if you were on there looking for an XL black hoodie and you saw that it was sold out, they're back on. So go check us out at um, groupchatgolf.com. Link will be back in my bio. Um, when you're listening to this. So, um, yeah, we're trying to sell some merch. It gives us more freedom to do more. Po- Who knows? We might even go to a second episode pretty soon if we can sell enough of this stuff. Uh, second episode per week. So, you know, go yep. check us out there. Groupchatgolf.com. Link going to be in my bio. Um, and that brings us one into. More, yes, yeah. one more thing. Yeah, or, hit us. Yeah, one more one more uh, thing for the first edition Chubba Watson Collection buyers. For limited time only, free shipping. So wow, and free shipping on for the group chat golf. Um, all of all of the stuff there uh, on the non Chubba Watson collection. So the group chat golf collection, um, always free shipping on orders fifty dollars or over. So get a hoodie and something wow. else, and you're free shipping, no matter where you are. Um, I should probably look into that because I know it is pretty expensive to it did ship to Canada. So we're going worldwide. We're worldwide. We're worldwide. Um, it's, it's confirmed, but anyway, free shipping on orders over 50 limited time, free shipping for the Chubba Watson collection. So go check it all out. Um, get you some shit. I mean, rep the pod, rep the stuff. It's so cool. Like repping my own stuff. Now I feel like it just feels good and it's just everyday golf stuff. You know, it's not, you know, we're not out here making super hoity toity golf shit. We're like, if you just, you know, you wake up, you want to put on your clothes in the morning, you can put on some of our stuff because that's what we're all about. Uh, yeah, it's hip and it's fashionable. Exactly. It's a little bit of everything. So go check it out. Last again, groupchatgolf.com. Link's going to be in the bio. Just go buy some shit. Um, and we had a golf tournament this week. I don't even know what it was called. I saw that Martin Laird won. I went to, I said, I got to make a meme about this guy because I always make a meme when a tournament's over. Or the, the craziest hairline I've ever seen. I think he's 37 or 38 years old. Obviously, I had some people mad that I made fun of him a little bit, um, as usual. Uh, he hasn't won since 2013. Um, so, at, you know, to still be playing, I think he's got three top 10 since then. So, I mean, how do you how are you even still on tour? Um, like, <laughs> crazy. Like, totally forgot. And I remember the name Martin Laird because I used to watch golf back in the day more so than I do now. But, um, yeah, I mean. I think you know the name. His hairline it goes like straight up from the sides of his ears, pretty much straight up to the top. So it's just like a really high. It's like his forehead is massive, basically. 
Um, but nonetheless, he's got four wins in his career. He won again, so congratulations. Shout out Martin Laird. Do you guys have anything on this this tournament that yeah, it existed? Was essentially, it was essentially like um, as close to a charity scramble as you can get on tour. Hmm. It's like the PGA Tour Shriners Hospitals for the Children Open Fun Run for the Cure type of thing. That's right. And and shout out Shriner. It is a great cause. Did Was it Justin Timberlake yeah. even there? I know that's his thing usually. I don't know. We probably didn't. None of no us probably watched it. No confirmation there. Daniel, you sound a little down. Yeah. Yeah. A little down. Uh, just wait. Danny, what happened? What happened? Well, um,. I fell into a pond today. <laughs> um, not on the golf course. I was actually doing a little fishing and uh, fell into about my waist. Uh, I think the phone got a little wet. It is not responding at the moment. So uh, a little bit distracted by that. But nonetheless, um, yep, big win by Martin Laird. Uh, we're now a month from Augusta. So yeah, 28 days. Let's back up. Real quick again, Daniel. T- did you tell him how you walked into the pond? I mean, you gotta you see it, right? It's a pond. I mean, yeah, it's uh, the first time it's happened. I'm not really too sure. There was a kind of a giant cluster of pine needles in the edge of the water, which I thought was an extension of land. And when I went to step on those pine needles, I wound up about waist deep, uh, flailing my arms around, and realized that I was in the water. Uh, it's fell out yeah. and uh yeah that was that was the toughest part of the day so far it's funny because um, two minutes before not even two minutes 30 seconds before that happened he had sent us a picture in the honey hole um oh, yeah. of you know uh letting us know that he's out there fishing next next picture was just him soaking wet um he had fallen into the pond mm-hmm. danny were you, texting? were you texting when you fell in you know, I, I don't know if I was memeing or responding to a comment. I was certainly uh, distracted by social media. And hmm. next thing you know, um, you know, I held on to the phone. But it's my guess is it got a little moist because uh, I've been looking at the iPhone logo for well over an hour now. <laughs> the old social dilemma. Yeah, yeah, it's all right, though, because he already dropped his meme this week. So um, That's right. he's, he's good to go. Yep. Doesn't have to worry about that. Um, well, Daniel, we hope you get that sorted out because we need some more of those ni- 80s and 90s memes. Um, yeah, I just, I just need them. They give me just a little blast from the past. Um, so <clears throat> I, I opened up the Instagram story to questions today, which I, I don't think I've ever done. <clears throat> I was just feeling, you know, I had nothing to do today. I even thought about playing golf, but then I forgot that we were recording a podcast, so no golf. But, um, one of the questions that stood out to me, and they even said this might be a question for the pod, so shout out to you. Um, what was your first golf experience, and why did you keep playing? Um, this is just such a good question because people, you just get the bug. You know, you play golf, and very rarely do I play golf with somebody who's like excited or like wants to play, and then they don't get the bug afterwards. So I, I want to start with Chubba because you've been playing for the least amount of time. Um, sure. What 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 when what was your first golf experience and why did that why was that just it for you like you were going to keep playing after that? Yeah, so this is actually kind of a three part answer. Um, my first like actual golf experience, I played a lot of putt putt growing up, but my first like actual golf experience, I was pretty young. I want to say it was like elementary school, maybe early middle school. Um, 
and my friends, uh, they own like a brewery restaurant type thing and they were, they, they were hosting an event. And so I was just kind of like with them helping set up and stuff, uh, maybe did a sleepover the night before type of dealy. And I just remember like all these adults there, you know, it was just kind of a small town I grew up in. So like these were people I had seen. And, and when you're a kid, like you don't know the mystique of what it's like to be an adult. And you'd I'd see these people around town, you know, going to work, picking up their kids, looking miserable as life is. But then when you see them on the golf course, you're just like, you know, they've got some drinks, they've got the cigars going, laughing. And it's just like something drew me in. And again, I was like, I wasn't playing in this or anything. I just watched everyone teeing off. Um, on the first tee and going out. And I just, I remember having this feeling that was like, what is out there? What is the, like, what is this that's happening? And then, you know, I always, I was always kind of interested in golf, but never really got into it. Um, I think the first time I, I played uh, was in high school and we, it was just like a shitty nine hole course. We went out there to just kind of like, you know, sneak some, some doobies and some beers and I remember the only thing I really remember from that round is I pulled up um, into this, like into like the kind of parking area for a tee box. And one of my playing partners was like, yo, you're too close. You're too close. Like somebody was teeing off. And I just jacked that thing right into reverse. Beep, beep, <laughs> beep, right in their swing. They got so mad, dude. I had no idea that the carts even made that noise when you go back. <laughs> getting out of their way for them. Um, but then, you know, it, I never, I, I, I went to the first day, ninth grade high school. I went to like the first day of golf practice, walked in, bunch of nerds, walked right out. So I never really got back to it until I was like early 20s. And I remember the moment that hooked me because, I, you know, we'd go out and just kind of play like uh, little uh, nine holes or par threes or whatever. And I, and it was always kind of ironic, you know, that we were out there. We weren't going to like play golf. We were going to like kind of joke around and drink beers and stuff. But I just remember I, I just, I swung the club and I hit the ball and it just popped right up in the air. And that was it. I mean, it went straight and it flew and it was like, oh, what was that feeling? And I never stopped. Mm -hmm. I, I just, it was one, it was the, it was probably the first shot I hit that I didn't top, you know, and when it hopped off that club face, I was hooked yeah. for life. Yeah. That's, that's, it's, that's what happens. Exactly. And I used to run a lot of like even junior clinics and kids would just be so they, they didn't give a fuck. Like their parents dropped them off and they would just, you know, it was basically like a babysitter for the parents. And then the kids, it would take, you'd see them hit that one good shot and it would, their eyes would just light up. And it doesn't matter right. what age you are, like you were in your, your early 20s, you hit that shot and you're like your eyes lit up and you felt something. And it was like, I yeah. need to do this forever now because I can too. It's not like there's no time limit on, on golf, except if you're dead. It's not like right. you have to get it in right. while you can, you know? Yeah. And the reason like the reason I love it so much is just there, there's so many parallels in life and on the golf course. And I mean, just it's taught me so much about how to, you know maneuver through life, whether it's having a short memory on a good decision or a bad decision, always thinking about that next shot, you know, playing, playing, whatever lie comes your way. It might not be good, you know, could be great, but you know, whatever, you just gotta, you gotta take your best swing at every, every shot you have. And it's just, it's so mentally challenging. You know, you, yeah. you never get to a point where 
you're not being challenged out there. I don't care how good you are. There's going to be a challenging round, a challenging hole, a challenging shot. Some sort of situation is going to test you. And, you know, it, 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 it just kind of like teaches you, like if you learn golf the right way and play it the right way and stuff, it, you can, you can carry that over into life. And it's, I mean, it's been very beneficial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I feel that 100%. It's, it's, it's so, it, it, it's, it is life. It's a four hour life, you know, mm-hmm. like the ups, the downs, the, the mental aspect is unlike anything, any other sport. There's just nothing like it in sports in right. my, you know, um, you know, and it is a sport and there's just nothing like it in sports. It's just really not. So, so Daniel, Daniel, do you remember your, you've been playing for, I mean, you've been playing since you were a kid, right? Do you remember your, your first experience of playing or what, what are you, uh, are you still there? Oh, wow. Do we not have Daniel right now? Danny. Danny got so mad about the pond, he just left. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, there he is. I I like golf because I hit it really far. So, so yeah, I started playing around, I don't know, maybe age five or so. Um, I never even had really a set of clubs at that time. My dad had a few used clubs that he would – kind of bring into the workbench at the house and saw down his old 845 silver scots into like a you know 20 inch shaft and then throw a grip on it for me um so that's how i started playing we'd kind of go out at uh if it got dark at 8 30 we'd go out at eight o'clock and just walk right on the course down the street and uh you know we, we'd we'd sneak on play one hole maybe two holes um I did it every couple of weeks just to get out there. Um, and I started loving it. So then I would go to, you know, I, by the time I got to high school, I, you know, I was a decent athlete. I was a good runner. And uh, I remember my dad saying, well, do you want to run six miles every day after school? Or do you want to go play nine holes of golf for free? And uh, I said, yeah, I think I'll take the free golf option. That, that sounds good. So um, high school golf is definitely what made me stick with it. Uh, just practicing every day, go out and play nine holes, um, five days a week. So playing yeah. time, uh, started young, didn't really get into it until once I made the high school team, I kind of got my first set of adult clubs, I would say, other than a junior set. Um, but yeah, it took years to really get into it. It was a slow go where we'd kind of... I always, as a kid, I had a birthday for seven years in a row. We would go to uh, Mel's Tee Off, and we'd have a mini golf match. And I always loved the mini golf. And then once I got old enough to get out there and walk 18 holes with, you know, uh, a con- you know, actually have a concentration out there and ability to stay focused for four hours, you know, I started going out with my dad playing and uh, – Glad I made that decision because who knows if I had been running track, uh, I might have gave up the game long ago. So it's the True. best high school sport you can play. If you kept running track, you'd probably be an Olympic athlete right now, though. I mean, with you never speed. know. Yeah. yeah, you never know. Might have might have made a mistake. But uh, <laughs> hey, I'm happy uh, where I'm at. I, I love I love the game and I uh, can't get enough of it. Now, Daniel, let me just ask you a quick follow-up question to that. You said that high school golf is the best sport to play. Um, so, sport is either yeah. right. So, you were either a 
nerdy loser with no friends in high school or did your high school actually have like respectable kids on the team oh it was mostly it was mostly alcoholics and drug addicts um on the team so that kind of sent me down the the rebel path and uh i was the youngest one so i kind of looked up to the older guys who would you know pretty much crack open a six pack as soon as we'd get to practice. So it was, uh, it was a nice little welcome to public high school for me, joining the golf team, really got into the partying right away. And now, and you also said um, that you started early around age five, but you didn't necessarily take it up as a love until high school. Was it boring for you as a kid? Because I remember like, just I, I would always become so close to play. I, I mean, my, I talked to my parents about it quite a bit, but I, it never it just never like took off for me, you know, until I maybe until I actually get out there as an adult to play it. But were you engaged at a young age or was it just kind of something that you were doing with your dad? Um, I, I would say I was engaged for the first two shots of every round and then I would be so ADHD, I would kind of lose focus. So right. uh, that's kind of why he brought me out there for two holes at dusk for a few years to see how I would like it. But, uh, you know, once I started being able to hit some decent shots and like it more, we'd go out a little bit more. I'd start having a little bit better focus out there. And, uh, you know, I wish I had played more as a kid. But, um, hey, I remember going to his work every day, almost every other day on lunch and just pound. They had a little driving net inside of the warehouse that he worked at. I would just go in on lunch and just pound golf balls for an hour. And all the guys would play ping pong on their lunch break. And I was over there at the driving net just hammering away. Five iron after five iron. Um, so I always loved hitting the ball. I just never really played. I never got into playing the game and the mental aspect of it until well after 12 years old, you know, going into high school. Yeah. That's, I feel like that's, that's how it starts for a lot of people who have been say they've been playing their whole life a lot, but they were just introduced at a young age and then it kind of just blossomed when it blossomed. And for a lot of people, that's like now, you know, even a lot of people that are probably listening to this or following the page, they, you know, might've tried it a few times when they were kids, but now it's like everybody's friends are playing, your friends are playing every, you know, four hours on the golf course. Um, so my, my, my golf story is, is pretty long, but I didn't start that early. I think my dad might've taken me out a few times when I was, when I was super young, um, like probably around eight, nine, seven, whatever. But I was so into baseball and little league. I was a hundred percent baseball, um, all year long, except obviously in the winter up here, but I would go straight from, you know, regular season to the all-stars to fall ball and play right into the cold. So I never thought about anything but baseball growing up. I mean, I played like basketball and, you know, pretty much all the sports, but after little league, I was still very small. I just never, I'm a late bloomer. I, I, I'm a late bloomer. I got big late in life. Uh, luckily I made it to the six foot mark. But I was about 5'1 when I was going into my junior year of high school. So that's just an idea of how late of a bloomer I was. Um, but when I was 13 after Little League, I just sucked at baseball. I couldn't I couldn't make it to the big field. I was a catcher. Everybody stole on me every time. It was almost like a joke. Like I just couldn't. <laughs> I, it was like my, I, my arm would be hanging at the end of the day because I just tried so hard to make that throw. And every single person that got on base stole on me. I just couldn't do it. I was out. So I was like demoralizing for me to, to be bad at baseball. And so somebody was like, oh, you want to try to play golf? And I 
started playing at this little par three course. I took this class it's called Buttonhole. I'll give them a shout out because it's great what they do. It's in Providence. Uh, it's for, it was basically for like inner city kids. You pay $25. They give you three golf lessons like in a classroom, basically a little bit on the range. They teach you the etiquette of the game. Like they teach you golf, you know, what it is and how great it can be. And then after you pay that $25 for the three lessons, you play for every nine holes, $1 until you're 18 years old and every bucket of balls, $1. So, and they bust kids in from like bad neighborhoods. It's just a buttonhole is fucking sick, man. It's, it's awesome what they do there. So I learned how to play there. Um, I just was hooked immediately when I, when I started playing there because it's a little par three and it's not overwhelming for a kid and I was already an athlete so granted I'd lose balls and I wasn't that good right off the bat but I knew I was going to be good at it at some point if I just kept playing so the next couple of years at the par three course I you know won some tournaments and I and I loved it um got to high school I got a job at a at a regular course um for free golf played as much as I could, my, I would get dropped off at seven in the morning. I'd get picked up at nine at night. Like I literally played all day when I could, I was 15, 16, 17 years old. And then I started partying at night. We would drive to the golf course and we would sit on the eighth green, um, which is an Island green at the course I grew up playing and working at. And we would just get high and drunk and fish. Um, there were bass in there. It was like, just, we used to have parties out there. So it was awesome. And then the golf course in high school for me was somewhere I could go to smoke weed and not get in trouble. Um, there's no cops out there. So that was big for me. Um, the reason I played it in high school, like, uh, Daniel was talking about it being the coolest sport to play a free nine holes. I got to play a lot of private courses, but, um, I, I like, I tried to play football and like all that stuff, but I had anxiety when I was young, like, and I still do, but playing sports and like letting a team down quote unquote, Mm. like that always scared the shit out of me, like not just playing for myself. So golf was kind of like, it was just up to me. Uh, and at the end of the day, like it was just, I had, it was all in my own hands. So I, I, I just took to that. I love the mental aspect of playing nine or 18 holes and being in your own head the whole time. And I'm really calm, cool, and collected for the most part. Um, I love being able to out mental somebody else because I'm not affected by, I don't get mad. Like I'm never angry and, and, it's fun to watch me like even in like match play or club championships when I was younger, watching people get mad and be like, Oh, that sucks. It's going to affect them for like old and I'm just chilling over here. You know, that mental aspect to me is like the thing that made me fall in love with the game. And like Chubb has said, the fact that it's, it's so similar to life. It's just, it, it, it makes you grow as a person if you take it seriously golf. So then, uh, I mean, a big reason why we're all friends now is because we went to coastal Carolina and, uh, me and Daniel did professional golf management. We all ended up being friends through golf pretty much for the most part. Even the guys that Chubba lived with, a lot of them were golfers. So without golf, um, this 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 podcast wouldn't be. It mm. wouldn't be. So um, I, I'm just – golf is like it, – honestly, it's my pa- it's my one passion in life. If I didn't start this page in January, like I would just be living that same life that I lived the past however many years, just like working – fucking 40 hours a week and just trying to get by and just golfing on the weekends to be happy. But it's like, it really is. There's no, there's nothing for me. Golf is that number one passion that if I just did this for the rest of my life and was around golf, I would, I would be a happy person. That's it for me. 
Yeah, those those real life parallels. It's interesting too, because like you know, golf is also like kind of the final frontier. You get outside with your buddies. You can walk, drive around little carts, drink some beers, throw throw back some dubers. But you know, the thing is, it's like just like in real life. Like you can you can go out there and coast and have fun and get hammered, but your score is probably going to reflect that. And you know, it's the same thing in life. If all you do is you know get hammered every day, then you, like yeah, it's you're probably not going to be that effective. So it's like every little aspect, you can find something and take it and apply it to real life. And it's, you know, you got to buy into the rules and you, and you know, you got to adhere to those. And it's just, it's kind of the same thing in real life. Like when you become an adult, there's, there's no mommy and daddy around to say, these are the rules. You've got to kind of buy into society and figure out your role and and go and attack it, you know, however you can. Sometimes you're going to have a bad lie and sometimes you'll have a good lie. So, you know keep swinging and it's and in that in that sense it's kind of like a almost and it is i mean a self-governing sport which you know there's there's character that comes into play in golf which in some sports it doesn't it's kind of like that thing where you know they say put if you put the cart your shopping cart away in an area that's like a that tells you a lot about who you are as a person because there's nobody there's nobody out there it's not against the law to not put your cart in one of those things uh your shopping cart um, there's nobody there enforcing the rule, but it is, you know, it makes you, you're a good member of society. If you go put that cart in the thing, that's just a thing that you can, if you have a good, uh, a more, if you have like more, I don't even know what the word is that I'm looking for, maybe morals, but you'll put that cart away. And just like in golf, if you are just, you know, you, you'll roll your ball over every time. If you're just one of those guys, if you're not putting your shopping cart in the little area where they tell you to put them and you're just like putting two wheels over the curb in the parking lot. Um, you're probably flip, like turning your ball over on the golf course too. It's just there's teaches you about uh, integrity. I think integrity. That's a perfect word. Character, integrity, yeah. morals, like all that stuff comes into play in a sport, which is just crazy to me that you can be playing something and then these uh, these life these things that are so important in life, not just like things that are part of life, but they're important in life are important in golf, and that's just a beautiful thing to me. Yeah. I mean, it's similar. It's like, if you, you know, if you cheat your score in golf to, you know, make your handicap appear lower, right. It's like the same thing as like cheating your way on a job application. Like if you lie on a job application and get the job and then you go to apply those skills you lied about in your job, you're probably going to get fired. Right. So it's like, it's the same thing where it's like, yeah, you can say, oh yeah, I shot a 79, you know, but it's like, if you didn't, you're really only hurting yourself because whoever you told that to, A, they don't care what the score was at all anyways. Nobody cares about your score. And then B, like later on down the road, if you're not somebody that can make a 79 and you, you're going around telling people that, it's going to come back to bite you in the ass when they say, oh, let's go play Mr. 79. And then there you are at 93. So you know, it's just, it, there's, it's, it's a never ending stream of learning about yourself and learning about life. And, and you just, I, I build on myself every round that we go out there. Absolutely. And, and, and another thing, you know, uh, apart from how great of a life sport it is, and I say that all the time, but it's also gotten to where it's just so much more fun now. I mean, when I was, it was serious, you know, it was kind of serious when I was playing in my early twenties or even in my teens, there was matches and tournaments and, but now, and, and I always said like the fun rounds, there's no cops out there, which is one of the most, it's the best when you're under 18 or 21 and you're on the golf course, you don't have a thing to worry about, which is nice. 
um, you know, I'm not condoning bad things, but you know, that's what we do. We, we, we party, we have a good time. That's what we're all about. So to not have to worry for, for five hours out there about a cop, you know, smelling the weed or like, you know, drinking and driving, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's fun. And then now, now we're blasting music. You know, we got, we got a good group of, you know, the vibes are high. It's not like, it's not like quiet old white man golf. It's like, come out here and have a good time. Oh, you, you're wearing a t-shirt. Fuck it. Come on and play anyway. You know, like that stuff to me, it just makes it so much better of a game in a sport. I'm sorry, but, um, it's just, yeah, golf in 2020 is just, and I think it's only getting better. It's really only getting better. There's going to be more and more people playing it. And I just, I can't wait for a day when, when, um, you know, somebody who's never played before or um, even even a woman can walk into a pro shop and not feel like they're out of place. That's that's right. like the day that I'm that I can't wait for with golf. And growing up in an era with, you know, when we grew up just watching one guy, Tiger Woods, dominate 80, 90 percent of the golf tournaments. Now where the game's at for these youngsters, it's like you find someone that's from your home state or went to your college or what have you. There's just so much young talent out there to root for. Um, the game's never been healthier. So it's just uh, the, the older I get and the more I've played it, you'd think, Oh, you know, maybe I, I would have gotten my fill by now, but it's uh, I don't know if I've ever looked forward to a master's more than this year. Um, and it's not even a real master's according to a lot of people. It's just, there's so much talent this year guys like Morikawa and DeChambeau and um, you know, Justin Thomas, the list goes on. It's, it's just so exciting to see the, this new generation of golfers competing against the guys that were there when we grew up like Tiger and Phil. And Mm -hmm. um, it's just, it's amazing how healthy the game is right now as far as uh, talent. Yeah, it is. It is kind of exciting to see lately the whole Bryson thing. And and at first I, I got really sick of it really quickly. But now it's like other guys are like, oh, my God, this kind of this might work. This He might be onto something. And other guys are trying to just swing out of their shoes and hit it harder. And it's just it's kind of fun. Um, I don't know what's in store. I'm sure at some point they're just going to have to dial back on the golf ball or the technology of the clubs um, mm. to, to so they don't have to change golf courses for these guys. But it was kind of fun seeing what's his name? I'm Bryson out there hitting 310 yard par fours with an iron off the tee and, you know, driving at 380 on the first hole to 14 feet. Uh, it's, it's kind of interesting to me. I just want everybody to be, to be doing it, not just Bryson. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think we are in good hands on the tour for the next couple of years. Good influx of, of young talent there. And, and to Daniel's point too, and a little bit of what Sonny, you were saying earlier, you know, and just in, in terms of being at the Muni's or on your course or just playing like it, you know, it is nice that you can finally start to be yourself out there. You know, it it sucks that golf has such like kind of a brutal history and, you know, is essentially uh, a game that like slave masters and a bunch of racists came up with. But it is such a you know, it is such a beautiful game. And, and I'm glad that we're kind of moving away from that bullshit now and kind of opening it up to everyone. And, and I hope that stigma falls because, you know, that it does, it is kind of awkward. Like when you're catching up with an old friend or, you know, whatever. And especially somebody who's new to the game. Like when I tell people who maybe don't know that I golf, that I golf, sometimes you get that look that's like, you're a racist. And it's like, no, I'm not. It's a, and you don't have to be a racist anymore to, to play golf. So, you know, it, it sucks that that history is there. 
but I think I think today's golfer is doing a good job of of moving us out of the dark age and and into something a little more uh, inclusive to everybody. Yeah, and and a big part of that is is like the influencers on Instagram. I'm sorry, but there's so many guys out there, and like you never think that this would be a big thing, but all these meme accounts and all these golf, you know. Per, um, like personas that aren't PGA tour players are fighting for this different brand of golf. And it's just yeah. fucking beautiful because that brand of golf is so fun and it's for everybody. And it, <clears throat> it's like, Oh man, it's, it really it's like this whole Instagram thing that, that has come out of nowhere for me is just really exciting to have a part in maybe, you know, showing somebody that they, don't have to worry about walking into a pro shop if they're not that good or going to play a course because they haven't played very much like to be a part of just getting more people to be playing the game and and more people to understand that it's just not an old white man sport anymore it's just has just been fun for me and i'm really passionate about doing that um golf is for literally everybody you can all play go to the driving range um you you it will only take one pure shot like chubba hit to be in love with the game and forever you know, it's real. It really is that easy. Hit down on the ball, make one divot, and you will love golf forever. I promise. Mm-hmm. It's just been it's it's quite a ride, you know. And and I just want everybody to be on it because it really is that good, man. It's that fucking good. Golf is just fucking beautiful. That's what I always say every time somebody's like, "Oh, golf sucks." Blah blah. Oh, it's no fun. I get mad out there. I'm like, golf is a beautiful bitch. I mean, golf sucks sometimes, and that's why it's beautiful. Right. When people say that, I get mad out there. They're like, it's such a stupid, you're just hitting this little ball into this little hole. Like it's so hard. It sucks. It's like, yes, that's what keeps me coming back is that there is such a large challenge to it. And, and you know, you have to, you just, you have to get over the fact that it's hard. You have to accept the challenge, be willing to take it on, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's, while it is simple in terms, if you just say, you know, you're hitting this, little tiny ball across the big field and into a hole. Like, yeah, that does sound simple. But then when you have, I mean, when you're just off on your, uh, you know, off 1% of a degree on your downswing and the ball goes in the woods, like, tell me that's simple. Tell me getting like getting a handle on those types of situations is simple because it's not. And then being consistent with that over 18 holes. Boy, oh boy. Yeah, man. I think think what's funny, like what you're doing and talking about with, the whole meme, the whole golf meme world, really, you know, you're just trying to make the game more fun. You know, it's, it's intimidating for a lot of people to get started in the game. Maybe they'll go to the driving range and say, Oh, I couldn't even get the ball in the air. Well, you know, you can still get out there and play bingo, bango, bongo. You don't, it, you don't have to always be shooting for a score and going out there with crazy expectations, you know, yeah. have fun, relax, open a beer and enjoy your time with friends out there. Exactly. Uh, right. Yeah. That's, that's a yeah. great point, Daniel. That's another beautiful thing about it is that like you can go out there and play no competition at all. You don't even have to mention your score to anybody else you're playing with, but you can also ramp that up to be as competitive as any other game or sport in the world. Yeah. Like you, you can go from, you can just play a casual round with your buddies or you can put it all on the line. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, and there's not many, there's not many other games or sports that you can do that with. Sure. You know, it's, you can't really play a pickup basketball. I mean, you can, you can have a low level of competition, you know, but that energy, like it's it, the competitive juices are still flowing. It is a team versus another team. There's one winner at the end. Exactly. With golf, it's not really like that. If you don't want it to be, it doesn't have to be like that. And it is, it is like Daniel said, it's intimidating to get in. Like I can speak to that 
being somebody new as like a young adult, I used to walk on eggshells at courses. You know, I used to think like you, you just kind of have this like feel about you that you're an outsider and that, you know, you, you don't really know how golf courses operate, you know, public, private, whatever. And you just, you feel that like everyone else is entitled to be there except for you. And at any moment, you know, the rug's going to get pulled out from under you and they're going to come kick you off or something. And then after a few years, you realize like, no, that's not the case at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Because even sometimes like depending on where you go, even to this day, as somebody who's always like I've since I've been playing pretty much, I've been a good player and I still walk into places like I don't belong. Like sometimes and, and it's it's not me to have like my shirt tucked in and my belt done and my and a perfect like that's not like that has never been me but it had to be me when I played golf. And the fact that that's, that's kind of the moving away from that is just, it makes it so much better. It's just more accessible for a normal human and more, more, you know, somebody's more likely to go to a golf course if they don't have to dress up like, and it's, that's just one of the things, or if they, if they, you know, can they, if they feel okay about playing when they're not that good. Um, or like, and like Chubba said, you don't have to keep score. Like Daniel said, you don't have to keep score you can be terrible. And and I think I posted somebody's video. I think it was uh, Roger Steele. It was, he did like a little, like he did this little seven minute talk on why golf is beautiful, basically. And he basically said, you have to understand that you're going to be trash like for a long time. And you're going to get, I think he was quoted saying, you're going to get to the point where you don't know if you're ever going to not be trash. But like, that's the beautiful, that's the beauty of the game because that one good shot or that one round where you shoot a 79 or an 89 or a 99 breaking a hundred for the first time, like it doesn't matter. They feel the same. Like it's this, it feels so good to, to get to that point and to just, it's something that you will always get a little bit better at as you go. And, and it doesn't take much to enjoy your time out there. It's just a beautiful time. You're outside, you can drink. You can smoke. You're with your friends. You don't have to play competitively. You can play competitively. You can win money. Like there's just so much to it, and it's just like I said, golf's a beautiful bitch, man. Yeah, that's and that bitch will humble you. It, it will humble you right real quick. Up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's just all part of the beauty. That really is just all part of the beauty of the game. It really is just, man. I could talk about it all day, really, yeah. but. Do we have anything else on, on why we love golf so much and why it's so beautiful? Because I think I could do 10 episodes on that. Well, I'll tell you, there's, there's one thing I don't love about golf, Sonny, and that it's it's not year-round in places that it gets cold. Like mm. for all of us, for example. Uh, we're all from New England. The only thing about golf is that we need to figure out some sort of winter experience besides going trips down south. And don't – here's the thing. Don't – I don't want to, I don't want to hear a peep about indoor. Okay. If one person tells me, Oh, Chubby, you got to try indoor. I'm going to vomit. Okay. Indoor golf, the worst. I mean, sure. It's nice to just swing the club, but when you, I, I did that. There were a couple indoor golf, you know, simulator things in the area. They've all closed because it's trash, but I went to one of those and it's like, you pay by the hour for a booth. And it's so, you know, you're, that's just making you rush naturally you just you can't go let me pay for 18 i'll stay here as long as i want no you have to pay by the hour and then like i don't know if you guys have ever played indoor but the putting is atrocious oh, like the fact that they the fact that they tried to pull the wool over your eyes and say this is like a golfing experience it's not let's just call it what it is it's getting some swings in it's it's base it's basically hitting at the range mm -hmm. because the putting on those things is 
I mean, it's abysmal. Yeah. There's, we've got to, we've got to improve the, the putting technology there. Put, put me on like a, you know, bring me out of the hitting bay and put me on like a, some sort of virtual putting green where, you know, you, you can act, the ball has an RFID chip in it or something. It knows when it falls into the cup and then that score gets relayed uh, back to the simulator because the putting is a complete fucking joke. Yeah. My, the place near me just totally eliminated it. Uh, just the last time I went there, like, yeah, we're not doing putting anymore. We're just, we've just eliminated it. So that's, that's yeah. just an ode to how it was going. But uh, what, what, what is the, what's the cutoff for you guys? Like, like for me personally, we're getting this like today was 70. The low was probably in the forties. Um, I can, I like playing in the, like I can play in the fifties uh, comfortably, but once I get around 50 or below, if there's no wind, I'll play. If it's 49 and there's 10 miles an hour, eight miles an hour and anything over of wind, I'm out. I, I just, it's, it's way less, unless there's a big group going out and I'm drinking whiskey. Um, I am like when it's cold and windy or below 50 and windy, that's just, that's like my cutoff personally. Cause 49 yeah. and windy feels like 30. I don't have a cutoff. Okay. I got, so you'll play as long as there's no cutoff. snow on the ground. Yeah. My cutoff is the course is closed or it's snowing. Okay. So you just layer up and you walk probably to stay warm and that's, that's pretty much it for you. Yeah. I'll maintain, I pretty much play in any, uh, any weather, you know, I like the rain. I like the wind. I played one year. Uh, I, we played the uh, Mount Washington course and let me tell you, this is, it was October and you know, they've got, they're pretty high elevation up there. So they get snow a lot sooner than everybody else. We were the last group in the afternoon to go out and about halfway through our, our back nine, um, it started snowing oh. and, this was, I still was not very good. This is a couple of years ago. And my buddy with me, um, very much not any good. And so we, I mean, hacked that course to pieces. And then snow came. The next day we looked on their Instagram, like three feet had fallen. So all of those big chunky divots that we had taken out of the ground, just frozen in there for the spring ground screw. Wow. That was it, huh? That was the, you were like the, you were the last round out that year, probably. Yeah, no, that's why oh, we definitely won wow. because it, it snowed for the rest of the year. And it was actually pretty cool. I had my first birdie that day, and it was a, uh, a chip-in, and the snow had already started to fall. There wasn't a lot, you know, collecting yet, but I hit the chip, and it landed on the green, and you just got to see the path oh. roll through the snow all the way into the cup. It was glorious. Dude, see, like, that's why we love golf. I mean, mm-hmm. just a story like that. That is fucking amazing. And and if I didn't play because the forecast said snow, I wouldn't have gotten my first birdie. You never know, folks. You Same. never know. You just don't. You just don't. Daniel, what about you? You're uh, you play in the winter too, or we we played around in like March this year. I think. I think it was like yeah, 60 yeah. Uh, you get those random days if there's no snow out there. I mean, I don't really have a temperature cutoff. I, I what what's comfortable to play in? Yeah, over fifty. But I've played plenty of rounds. Um, every Thanksgiving. A course near me has free golf on Thanksgiving Day. They leave the pins in at Amherst Country Club. Wow. And we've been going out there for like, I don't know, five, six years now. We usually get a group, two groups. And uh, yeah, you just show right up to the tee. People are kind of catching on to it. You know, there's no, it's it's just the course giving thanks. Uh, and what anyways, time do you go? Because I'm, I'm signing, I'm officially signed up for that round this year. I will, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. 
Yeah. We like to go early, you know. Yeah, we let's go early. Like, we tee off at like 7.30, 8 oh, in the morning as soon as dude. the frost is done. We just play nine holes ahead of, you know, everybody can get home to their families on the holiday and watch some football. And uh, it's a blast, you know. We, uh, we've we been out there in 22 degrees and we've been out there in 50 degrees. Um, yep. But we're going to be out there no matter what. Unless it's snowing or even some years the greens are frozen. Your ball's bouncing 40 feet in the air after you hit a wedge. In there. <laughs> but it's just just to be out there, you know, and uh, loosen up with a few drinks, maybe some fireball and uh, head right home for a Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, it's, it's quite the tradition. Yeah, that's that's I'll be there. I'm there. <laughs> yeah, I like that idea too. It sounds like Daniel has a full group, Sonny, just by the way he's like nervously chuckling yeah. and hasn't confirmed our uh, existence and guys. We we'd um, love to add more guys. I mean I can del- I can tell you I definitely have four already. Well guess um, what? I, I, I think we could drop we could, we'll play dude, we could fill a full outing on Thanksgiving if we wanted to. Um, yeah, get a little turkey. Yeah. Free. And now, let me add this in too, because I think this, you know, it might be different if, if I was, you know, if I lived in Florida or something and I had access to play year round, I might pick and choose my spots a little bit more, but being in the Northeast, you know, you just, you just have that internal clock ticking and one day you're going to wake up and it's going to be done. So I, that's why I don't say no, it's too cold or no, it's too hot or no, it's raining. I'm just trying to get as many rounds in as I can. So that might, you know, that it might change for me if it's, uh, you know, if I have year round access, I might, you know, be a little bit more picky and choosy. But as of now, it, there's not much that'll keep me off the course in terms of weather or anything like that. Yeah. My, my thing is like this time of year, I start to get almost, not 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 golfed out, but just less excited. Not I wouldn't even say that just less likely to like go out of my way to, to get around in. Whereas a couple of months yeah. ago, I was just going every day at night, like to practice putting and whatever else. But now, yeah. and I'm saying that now, and then when January rolls around, I will just be looking for a day in the, in the high thirties to get out there with no snow. And like I did it this year, I actually, in 2020, I played golf every month so far. I wow. played in January. I got around in, we had like a 70 degree day in January. Uh, and that's actually the day I met Tempe's Tees. So shout out to him. We both had like no followers at the time. He was like, I'm starting a tea company. I was like, I'm making memes now. Um, and that that happened in January. February, I got my first hole in one. So thank God I got around into February. Um, and I've played ever since. So so this time of year, I'm kind of, I wouldn't say golfed out, but I kind of would feel a little golfed out. So when it gets cold yeah. and windy, I'm like, eh, you know, I'll wait. But then in two months, I'll be like, why didn't I play that fucking one round? Because it was 55 and windy. I was a little <laughs> bitch and said no. And now I just like get fiending for golf, putting on a six foot mat in my house. Like, that's all I can do. And uh, yeah, it's just I, I mean, I've been complaining about this for years. It's just one of those things that you complain about when you live in New England, if you're a golfer, especially. But there's like things that you complain about every year, but you still stay in New England. It's just one of those things. Right, right. And no, I feel that too. Like I definitely, I, you know, come September, October, like I'm not, I'm not chomping at the bit as much as I am throughout the summer to get as many rounds in as I can. Um, so I, I feel that a little bit of the fatigue there too. Um, but you're right. Like it doesn't take long for that snow to be on the ground for you to start getting that little twinkle in your, in your toes there to get back out there. So yeah, quick side note. I, I actually heard yesterday that it's not chomping at the bit. It's champing at the bit. Could that be true? No. No, that's what I think. even a word. I need to Google it right now because I, 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 I heard, I think I was watching Tosh and he said it was champing at the bit. Is that a horse term? Like the bit that they're biting? 
Like That's what chomping I'm... All right. Here we go. Origin. This phrase, and it is champing at the bit. This phrase or idiom comes from the sport of kings. Horse racing. A bit is part of the apparatus that goes in the horse's mouth and connects to the the bridle and reins uh, so the horse can be controlled and directed by the jockey on its back. So champing at the bit. Wow. I'm going to kill Miriam and Webster. I hate those two. I hate them. Are we are we sure that the the pronunciation of that is the champ? It's the, oh, that's a good chomp. question. That's a good question. Like the British A with the chomp, chomping, um, chomping. Yeah, champ verb to chew noisily. But um, what about what? What's the phonetic? What's the phonetics there? Like I'll say champ if it's champing. I'll say champing at the bit, but. I, I don't know if I'm ready to go champing at the bit. I've never heard that. It doesn't feel right. How about this? Champ at the bit. Champ you, at the bit. Could you hear that? Guy that guy British? Champ at the bit. Champ at the bit. He sounds a bit British. <laughs> he kind of sounds like an American trying to talk in a British accent. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I guess it's champing at the bit. I guess that was true. Um, oh. God, I hate the dictionary. Yeah, that fucking sucks. Chomping at the bit just sounds way better. But I guess it kind of means the same thing. It's basically like champ is a horse's version of chomp. So if you were a human wearing a bit or whatever, then um, you'd be chomping at it, but a horse would be champing. So I guess for a human, you could say chomping. I think it works. Yeah, I'm I'm obviously going to continue to say chomping. I'm never saying champing because people would be like, what? What is champing? Well, I can't say champing, but I wouldn't mind going like hard British A, like chomping. Yeah, like chomping, at, chomping the bit. at the bit. Yeah, I mean, it is a British. You know what I mean? You have, to say it. you have to say it with an accent. But... Yeah, because, yeah, you're right. Because chomping, and it could be champing in English, like in our English, and they would just right. pronounce it as chomping. Right. He's and it chomping. makes you, when you say it, you say it that way, you, you do sound a, and feel a little sophisticated. Like when I go back to saying just chomping now, mm-hmm. I feel kind of mm-hmm. like a fat, dumb American. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's true. Dude, I like shit. And we're watching The Haunting uh, at Bly Manor right now. Um, mm-hmm. uh, not Daniel, mm-hmm. but me and Chubba were watching Haunting at Bly Manor. And um, the, ac- the English accents, I mean, right off the bat, that little like four year old girl, I was like, oh my God, is she a genius? like how smart and sophisticated is this girl but she's just a regular child she just has that accent and that's all that's all it needs that's all you need yeah um, elevates you it really does it's just the instant elevation now listen i'm I, i'm gonna make an executive decision here and i hope the listeners are okay with it and what that executive decision is going to be is we're gonna take chubba watson's ask a scratch golfer and what we're gonna do is we're going to put that on, this is something from last week's episode, we're going to throw that on the back burner for, for, for now. Mm. And the reason we're going to do that is because our golf season's kind of shutting down. You know, we're, we're, we're going to be hunkering down for the winter. I hope that one's correct, hunkering down. Um, it's actually hankering. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I think what we're going to do to replace that segment each week is we're going to introduce group chat golf's influencer of the week. And that is brought to you by Tempe's tees tee us up. And now in this new segment, what we're going to do is select, um, uh, an online influencer, an online golf influencer of the week. Um, and we're just going to give them a little shout out, highlight a couple, you know, great memes or videos, kind of whatever they're, 
you know, whatever their medium is to uh, to influence the world uh, about golf. And so, Sonny, I think you had a good one this week. It was some uh, it was an account that you kind of you guys are maybe like day one yeah. chatting with each other. Yep. Yep. So, so um, the at is at three putt mafia and that's the number three P U T T M A F I A at three putt mafia. One of the first, I saw his memes and uh, he's got looks like 8,700 followers about right now, but we started around the same time and his memes are similar to mine as far as like edginess goes. And just like, he's not afraid to make a drug meme because you know, he parties, he's a cool dude. So as far as his memes go, they're very similar to mine. Um, he just doesn't, he posts a little less and, um, I put in so much time and he does not put in quite as much time. So his follower count is a little bit lower than mine, but meme quality wise, probably some of the best golf memes you'll see out there. If you like my stuff, uh, you will love three three putt mafia stuff. Hilarious, edgy, the kid parties, um, and like I said, he's a day one. We've been talking since I saw his memes, and I was like, I got to talk to that kid. So shout out three putt mafia, everybody listening. Go follow him if you like my memes. You'll like his. That's guaranteed. Yeah, funny, funny dude, original. Um, as far as we know, mm-hmm. uh, there aren't any egregious cases of him stealing memes and not giving credit or anything like that. So good good integrity dude and and that's kind of the vibe that we you know that we fuck with around here exactly you know we like funny we like we like the integrity and and especially the dudes that do it their their own way you know and and use their own original stuff we're we're big uh supporters of that so shout out three putt mafia before we end this this segment i just i want to pop in really quick squeeze in here sorry to cut you off but i didn't want you to end the segment um there are there's like unwritten rules in the meme community the golf meme community when you when you post somebody's meme you shout them out you give them the you quote unquote via at group chat golf memes say if you're posting my meme uh via at chubba watson if he made the meme you know there are very few accounts out there that don't do it correctly they kind of try to take credit for your memes and um they're it's whack and they're not part of the community all of I could list a million accounts that I've talked to and are uh, upstanding citizens in the golf meme community. And that's a big part of it. It's kind of like there's a couple of it's like at your golf course, there's probably a couple of guys that you don't like. Um, and then there's a bunch that you do that. There, there are some accounts out there that, that we don't fuck with because they've either like stolen memes or not added you and they don't you don't get credit. And I don't forget those 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 accounts and they will not be showcased in this segment ever. Um, I won't. I won't say their names, but the only time that it really gets my blood boiling is when a po- when a when an account with more followers than me posts one of my memes and doesn't give me the at. So shout out to all the yeah. ones that like getting a Zyre repost now. Congratulations, Zyre Golf hit a million followers this week. Absolutely unreal for all of us. That gives us all a little something to look forward to because it, it means it can happen. Um, but Zyre Golf is probably the biggest share for me. Um, so I guess shout out to them too, but I'm sure you all know them. I think like 60% of my followers follow them too, but that's the OG golf account. They're the biggest one out there and, uh, they do it right. If they're post your meme, they give you the via at and it, and it shows, it helps everybody. They're posting your good meme. So it's helping them. And then they're giving you the credit. So people are coming to your page. So, um, if you're yeah, a meme out there, just let, just do it correct. Yeah. And then they don't come off as like fraudulent by trying to make somebody else's content appear to be theirs. Yep. Like that's, that's the worst. I mean, it's the same thing. Like 
we all saw Joe Rogan yell at Carlos Mencia on stage. Like he did that for a reason. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, dude, if you have to be able to stand on your own two legs here, like if you're, you know, if, if your content isn't worth a million followers, it's not worth a million followers. Exactly. Like you can't, you can't just then try to, and, and this especially happens with a lot of the bigger accounts, unfortunately, like they'll take smaller account stuff or even podcast to podcast, they'll take the small guy's content and repost it as if it's theirs. And since they already have this big following, nobody's going to, you know, the account with 350,000 followers, their following is not going to look into the account that has, you know, 1200 followers saying, Hey, that was mine. You know, they're, that smaller account doesn't have the voice to say, Hey, this was mine. That big account has already won in the eye of public opinion there. Exactly. So, you know, it's, just, it's a, it's a whack move. You either stand on your own two feet with your own stuff or, you know, when you get bigger, it's, I think it's great to curate other people's shit, but you have to, you know, cause it, it gives them spotlight, mm-hmm. right? Like I, it's totally different to, throw spotlight on on a smaller group and be like look look at this meme this group did it's funny rather than being like hey this meme's funny i don't know there's no credit maybe i did it yeah exactly yep and then they'll say oh the watermark's on there it's like yeah but nobody's going to look for my app from that watermark and i've been blocked by more accounts that just post my stuff and i i literally message them from every account i have and i'm like yo like just give me credit man we'll be fine like this is this is cool you don't have we don't have to go this far I, and, and they'll just keep blocking and blocking. But those are the accounts that'll never get big enough, you know, because they have too many enemies. Three Pup Mafia has no enemies. He's a great fucking guy. He's from Canada, actually. So the Can- Canadians, I know we have a pretty good following there. Follow him. He's also a father. And uh, he's just a fucking great dude. And he makes good memes. So if you like my memes, go follow him. Get him to 10K. I'd love to see that K next to his name. Um, I think he's like 1,200 away or something. Uh, and 10K is the big one for everybody who's wondering. 10K, when you get that K, that's the day you're waiting for as a memer or as a, any kind of influencer on the on the social media. So um, that'll be a big day for him. And so this week, that was Group Chat Golf's Influencer of the Week. And t- uh, just keep an eye out on Sonny's account. He, he'll put a couple uh, Three Pup Mafia memes up, yeah, perhaps. Absolutely. Give, give some credit and showcase his work a little bit and uh, try to get his name out there. And that was brought to us by Tempe's Tees. You can check them out on Instagram at Tempe's Tees or at Tempe'sTees.com where you can place your own order. It's the best wooden tee on the market and the only tee the Group Chat Golf Podcast uses on the course. And once Boy, again, did I we... get a lot of those out the other day. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Nobody in my group had a tee. It was just... Yeah, I just had a round like that as well. And I and you know what they said, Chuba, man, sorry, we didn't buy any teas in the in the clubhouse. Do you have happen to have any extras? And I said, guys, I've got a handful of Tempe's teas right here. It's the best wooden tea on the market. Yeah. And it's the only tea that the group chat golf podcast uses on the course. Of course I have some. Take some. Yep. And you're buying from a great guy and a great player. Very good player also. Uh, I've seen seen some very good shots out of Tempe, so is he better than you? Uh, that's a good question. Yeah, this year he was for sure. Uh, really? Yeah. I think wow. his. Uh, and by the way, I meant to say this earlier when you went on your little like diatribe about how you don't get mad out on the golf course. Yeah. I didn't want to interrupt you because I thought it was good speech, but now I will. Mm-hmm. Of course, you don't get fucking mad, guy. You hit good shots all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Oh, I guess that helps. Tough. 
you out there. Yeah. Oh, I just stuck my approach to the green again. Look at this guy getting mad. I'm going to beat him mentally. What? I guess you're oh, right, but yeah. I, but I did have to get to that point. And even before then, I guess I, I you know I've broken a few clubs out there back in the day. But as you get older, you just realize that it's not worth it. It's so much more fun to just enjoy the game. It's it can be very enjoyable. It can be exactly what you what you make it. You know, you can make yeah, golf whatever you want. Make it exactly what you want it to be. <laughs> I think I shot an 87 yeah. this year though, and I had a great time. I like I shot an 87 this year. I had a fucking blast. Might have been my most fun round of the year. Uh, shout out wow. to my summer classic group. I was very drunk by the third hole, but you know that's the, I, it was exactly what I made of it. So, yeah. <laughs> so once again, we put one extra thing on the sheet that we're not going to get to. Push it, we'll push it. We give that the push. We have a whole week. page of pushes. Um, but yeah, one day we'll do a push episode where it's just all the things that we pushed <laughs> yeah. off. Uh, the Bach, the Bach burner, <laughs> the, the Bach burner. Uh, things, to, <laughs> things to look forward to, though, fellas. The next two weeks. We have tentatively some guests scheduled, yeah. so look out for that. Yep. yep. Group chat golf, getting some guests. Yeah, it's funny because we threw a guest in really early, and then we were like, oh, guests are awesome, and then we just haven't done a guest since. So right. uh, we're going to get back on the guest train. Um, we got some really good ones lined up for sure. A couple like uh, We got a really good player coming on here, just and um, a quite probably my favorite instagram person golf personality who just doesn't have doesn't have nearly as much of a following as he should and will in the coming years Um, and we've got to get around in with him and he has a a fantastic lifestyle uh golf clothing line launching so we're gonna coordinate his appearance with that we don't want to give away too much you'll have to tune in to see who we're talking about and everything like that but it's gonna be a good couple of weeks here so hopefully we can get that all pulled off and and everything will come together. Yep. And speaking of, of clothing lines dropping, we don't forget about the Chubba Watson collection and the Group Chat Golf clothing line that is out there. Link in bio, groupchatgolf.com. Go check it out there. Uh, literally everything that you need for your day-to-day life. Um, we made it golfy. So uh, get your golf on. Go check out groupchatgolf.com um, for your T-shirts, hoodies. But I think we saw some jackets, backpacks, hats, you name it. Come on down. Chubba Watson Collection's new on there, dropping. When you're listening to this, you can check it out. It's there. Yep, it will, it will be live with the uh, episode. So when you're listening to this, go check out groupchatgolf.com. We've got the Group Chat Golf Collection. We've got the Chubba Watson Collection. Daniel's page is empty. And there's a lot of good stuff on there. I'll start to uh, send out some pictures on my Instagram. That's at Chubba Watson. Uh, at Chubba Watson on Twitter and TikTok as well. Um, so keep an eye out there and bye, 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 folks. Bye, bye, bye. And before we go, um, don't check out, don't forget to check out Group Chat Golf Memes on Instagram, Group Chat Golf Guy on Instagram, Group Chat Golf on Twitter, um, Lafferty underscore Daniel underscore on Instagram. Um, and uh, Group Chat Golf Guy is also on TikTok uh, here and there. Uh, up to 161 followers somehow. Um, but but yeah, go check us out everywhere. Follow us everywhere. You know, uh, we, we interact on everything. I know if I haven't answered your DM, I have a list right now that I have been putting off to, to go through. So I apologize, but it's only been like five days. I'm not that far behind. I will get to you guys. I'm mean, answering questions on my story also uh, for the next probably 20 hours. So um, get me there if you got one about the podcast or about anything else. Um, yeah, don't forget to check out groupchatgolf.com and buy some shit. 
And that is episode 18 of the Group Chat Golf Podcast. Trevor Watson, take us out. Yeah, welcome.